Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hear Me See Me podcast is sponsored by Zenoti, the number one cloud software for salons and spas. Because when people feel good, they find their greatness. I am Stuart Roberts, and I'm really excited to introduce my new podcast, Hear Me See Me. It's just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. I'd had this idea after being inspired by a guy in America I'd seen cutting hair on the streets and seeing the difference it made to the guys who were there. This is more than a job. This is a calling. Hello, this is Stuart with Hear Me, See Me podcast. And today I've got, um, I've got a wonderful guest today. Mind you, I'm a bit fickle because I say that about everyone. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little charming. It's all rubbish. <laughs> but no, I've got a really. I, I, I have. I have um, listened to this man's story before. And it's very inspirational. But um, it brings up a lot of stuff um, for me as well. So I'd like to do today to introduce you to Leon McLeod. How are you, sir? Hello. I'm all right, thank you. I'm uh, a little bit tired, and I feel like my voice sounds. It's probably like really podcasty voice now because um, yeah. Like I've not long been up. I've been really lazy this morning, but I'm good, thank you. I'm all right. I'm all it right. just sounds really manly, so don't worry. Exactly. I'm, this is a this is a real facade I'm putting on then already. <laughs> um, so going straight into it, um, you are a police officer. I am. I am indeed. Yeah. How, how long have you been a police officer? Uh, so six years this year since I, since I started. Um, that includes like the. God, was it like five months of training, I think? Starting, yeah, it's a long bit of training. So, yeah, six years this year, basically. Yeah. Um, what were you doing before yeah. that? Was you Before that, I, I, worked, I had an office job. I just had a normal, like, normal. I had a, like, nine-to-five job. I worked, in, I worked in the West End for this project management training company. Right. And um, to be honest, like, I started there when I was early 20s and it was just like I needed a job and I was doing kind of handing their logistics they send out these project management training courses I'm really making it sound so boring but it was it was all right I really like I had a really good manager who I got on really well with and like there was some great people there so I ended up working there for five and a half years and then um it just kind of got to this point where I was like yeah I think I, I think I need a change now so yeah what, it's quite a change, isn't it? What 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 put you in that direction? Um, so at the time, I was like, I was I was with my ex partner. We was kind of you start planning for the future and start what like. It sounds really weird, but I I used to say it even to her. I was like, I, I never felt like nine to five was for me. Like it just didn't. It never sat right with me. It didn't feel like it was something I could be doing for the rest of my life. Or well, not even probably not even my short term future. So I just start. I started proper drilling down, thinking, like, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? Um, and I started looking at kind of like the blue light services were like I was looking at being a firefighter, but that's a really, really tough job to get into. Yeah. And then um, 
I've got quite a lot of friends that are police officers, so I just sort of got chatting to them. And obviously, it's like I say to my partner at the time, and, and um, I just proper got like this bee in my bonnet almost. It was like, if what I wanted to do, like, I, I just had so much drive to get the job. There's a lot of effort you have to do to put it like with the application, and there's a lot of like hoops you've got to jump through. But um, yeah, I, I just was really determined to get it, and thankfully, it worked out because I, don't, I really don't know what I'd be doing like otherwise. Um, yeah. I don't think I'd still be stuck in my own job, but I think I'd be just possibly stuck doing something else that I don't particularly get any kind of joy out of, really. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is, is the training tough? Um, <laughs> it, 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 it's, to be fair, you've got to look at it as well as like five months stuck in a classroom with, with 20 people can be really difficult. And I say this like not completely genuinely... I feel really lucky. I think I had a really good intake. Like I've heard of other groups that have gone through and, and you can have clicks and you can have issues. And like, it's not, it's not always perfect. And I'll be lying if I said that after um, 20 weeks, there weren't a few people that I just wanted to scream at. But like, I've, I've genuinely made some, like even from my intake, I've made friends for life. Like there's genuinely people there. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, some of us that I've got, we, we've still got like a WhatsApp group that everyone keeps in contact in. There's a few people that have left, but the vast majority are still there. And then, yeah, like, oh, yeah, I've got another little side group with a couple of guys from the from the uh, from the intake as well, and we talk regularly. So, yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. I, I just think it was. I feel really lucky with like the person that was training us as well. I learned really well from. Again, it's, it's really powerful and heavy, and that could be really dreary. But I think for the most part, like he he taught us well, and I took it on board okay I think so so yeah something must have been something must have gone right I don't know it can't be it couldn't have been bad but yeah it, it's tough but it's it was what it's worth it at the end of the day I think, yeah well nothing worthwhile is easy is it you know like, exactly that exactly that there you go yeah um, so you was you was oh, I was going to say plodding along there but that's <laughs> <laughs> oh I see that jokes oh god, god. <laughs> um, but so you 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 was Merrily going along your way, being yeah. a police officer, and then the obvious happened, the life-changing mm. story. Please, please tell us, like, what happened. <laughs> I'm probably going to, like, massively miss, I'll, I'll, I'll summarise. It's, it's a really weird thing, like, like I, the first time I spoke about it, like, publicly at all was, was on um, Pip's podcast, obviously, you know. Yeah. And, um, and I couldn't go into massive detail then because um, we had the inquest coming up. Like, oh God, that was only, it's mad how, a couple of years ago. Mm. But, um, so I couldn't talk about it, but it's like, it's a weird one because obviously there's, a, there's stuff that I like to keep private for other people's kind of um, benefits. It's, it's weird, like, I know everyone wants to know, like, the gory detail, but yeah. But, um, rambling on there, um, that's okay. So, yeah, what is it, 20, 2017, um, just on duty, was on a night shift, um, was out on like a foot patrol with one of my colleagues, um, worked, worked around London Bridge at the time, so just, just yeah, just basically we, did, we had literally just headed out to kind of have a really brief walk and then probably go in, have a bit of grub, watch the football highlights and kind of, yeah, go out again after that really. Um, and... <laughs> how else do you put it we just walked into like a terror attack um, 
so what happened was we had literally just come out of our where our yard is um remember hearing this noise like just down the street honestly didn't think anything of it it was a saturday night um you know it's back in the day when people could go out it's not like now so it's not it's it's not <laughs> it's not out of the ordinary to hear shouting and whatever so we it, it like it got our attention we both stopped looked and couldn't really see anything so, genuinely i didn't really think anything of it and if, you know I, I could have potentially carried on walking in opposite directions to be honest um my colleague was like he was kind of really looking and I was like what you? I remember saying to him like what are you looking at so I think there's a fight so we just ran down the end of this street which is only it's only about 100 yards away um, and I remember someone come up to us and was just like oh, well they've gone that way or something like that. it was it was unclear but I still just assuming you talk about a fight and crossed over the road and then someone approached again approached us and said oh, someone's been stabbed so it's like okay you know, like it sounds, it sounds really weird, but you don't, you don't suddenly start going into overdrive with that information. It's, it's you know, at that point you're thinking, okay, it's not right. One person's been stabbed though, so so you kind of deal with it as that. Um, and it was only kind of while, I mean, this all happened so quickly, but I, I went over and I was treating this guy, and um, what within about 10 seconds I remember hearing again hearing a noise to my right and hearing it on my radio which I have on my left hand side and I was like, kind of a bit weird and looked up and it looked like my, my colleague was trying to um, break up a fight so obviously straight away get up, run over to him and then um, yeah basically <laughs> I, I remember as I got to him he had his baton out and um, Wayne was on my intake, my colleague Wayne, that's his name, sorry. He was um, he was on my intake, so I know him quite well. We you know we hadn't worked together loads, but I know he's not the sort of person that would get his baton out just like for no reason, or you know use his kit for no reason. So we've kind of again, maybe with hindsight, thankfully, I just didn't really think. Just got my baton out, racked it, and then looked up, and there's this, this guy standing with a knife, and um, yeah, it was a bit like okay, this is this is a bit weird. Um, so I remember yelling at him, like, drop it or whatever, just probably not quite that polite. Um, and the weird thing is as well, this would be the benefit of hindsight, like, I think, because there, there, there were three attackers, and I, I, I think all three were there at that point, but I can only remember the main, like, the one who was nearest to me, like, I remember him so vividly as well. Um and then they stepped towards us and we both went back into the road and then they, they ran off down the street, basically. And, uh, and that was when this sort of tunnel vision, like I say, of remembering this one guy, the tunnel vision sort of went and suddenly there was two, I, I remember there was two bodies and uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it's not, it wasn't good. And uh, I think that was when it sort of started to sink in a little bit, okay, this is serious. And so again, I was on the radio and reporting stuff back because from what we had had, like nothing had, nothing had come out on the radio by that point. Um, yeah, it was, we, we literally walked into it that quickly that nothing had come out. There was no kind of warning. Um, but yeah, uh, so I remember the, the casualties, like I, I remember thinking, like, I can't do anything it's, uh, without being, you know, too graphic. It's like, I, there's nothing I can do here. So I, I was like, I need to 
and there's it's things you learn in training as well like you, you kind of when you've got people running around with knives if, if you can't in that immediate moment stop it you need to you, you want to try as safely as possible to kind of keep eyes on and be able to um you know no report back what's going on and report back where they are and stuff so that was what i tried to do and then it was then shortly after that i realized my colleague had been injured so i kind of dealt with him and then and then yeah just kind of carried on to try and try and find these attackers and that was when again then by that point there's lots more people coming up to you going you know this person's been hurt this is what's going on and trying to report him back to where they're going and I, like i remember i remember saying on my radio like i think this is really serious i didn't want to go as far as saying i think this is a terrorist attack but like yeah like that that penny drops to be honest by that point um so yeah that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of the opening bit of it there was a lot there was a lot more of just being out and about all night but that's kind of i guess my like my main involvement so yeah <laughs> sort of so this is this is like three or four years on now isn't it like yeah four years this year yeah right yeah um and as you was just talking to me about that I could see that you were reliving that. You, like, yeah, that, that I, could, I was watching. I could just see that you was you was yeah. just casting a memory. You, you you was in that again. So you don't forget that stuff. Like there's, no. there's, it's not. There's a. I know there's lots of bits, especially outside of like the first sort of eight minutes that I was involved in. Like I think pretty much how long it took from the first nine 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 call to when they were for you some better term taken out. Um, eight minutes yeah. yeah it was I'm sure it was eight minutes from the call to I mean it's, it's again it's <laughs> it's in central London there's you know there's firearms officers there's, they're always going to be fairly close by mm. so in terms of turning up and getting the kind of I guess you know the setup they need to get to do things safely that that's not bad mm. um, but yeah like there's, that's what I mean there's, there's bits there's bits throughout the night that like I guess we'll have kind of gone on the back burner a bit more, but there's, there's stuff that, like, yeah, I, I would never be able to forget. And, I, like, in a weird way, I think I think it's quite a good thing not to. I think, like, if if you let... I don't know. Yeah, for me, I think it's good that I remember it and it's not, <laughs> yeah, forgotten, because I feel like that's where things can start to trouble you if you're forgetting them and, you you know, you're ignoring it and you're not acknowledging it as a thing. Mm. Um, I think that's where it can start to pick up. I could be completely wrong, you know. I'm, I'm not <laughs> trained to give that diagnosis at all, but yeah, I, I, I like I, I never try to. I've never tried to sort of fully put it out of my head because I just don't think I don't think I could anyway. I think that's the more healthy uh, approach. Yeah, it's that thing of like a wound, some sort yeah, of exactly. grief to heal. Um, yeah, if you if you if you uh, cover it up, it can fester. You know, it's that type of thing. Yeah, um, definitely. And it was one of the things, like, especially in the week or so, or, you know, even longer after the attack. And obviously, a lot of my colleagues, sort of, you know, weren't, weren't on duty or weren't around that night. And they want to know what happened. And it's, and it's completely normal, especially, you know, with work. Like we're, I think police officers are always a pretty close bunch. You, know, right, you don't all get on, but you've all got, you know, most of us are there for the right reasons. And everyone, you know, wants to do the same thing, wants to do the right thing. So you're all quite like-minded. And uh, everybody kind of wanted to kind of, yeah, you know, wanted to ask what happened and blah, 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 without being rude about it. Yeah. And I 
went through that story in those weeks after my trip so many times that it did become I remember thinking of what but it become autopilot it just become like blah just just could spill it without it and I don't know at what point it sort of become a thing a process where I sort of had to think about it again but yes yeah, it's, it's not going anywhere I know that much <laughs> Did they, how, how was it dealt with with the false? You know, are they, because this is quite a new phenomenon, isn't it? This, yeah, yeah. It's mad to think, like, genuinely, like I say, this is my sit theory. It's crazy to think when I joined, like, I know there was always a terror threat, and there's a, you know, even, even if it's not the kind of proper group and planned thing, you know, you do get the, the, the dangerous loners that, like, so. Um, it's crazy to think how much more common that is and almost like norm like these days it's just absolutely fucking mental yeah. Um, but yeah like, it's, it's the world we're in at the moment like, kind of unfortunately yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, do, do you get you know I don't answer anything you, you shouldn't but no. you know, like the cancelling and that you know do they do they so yeah with any with any kind of and it's again it's, it's it's I think I think for police it's it's difficult. Like I think they try they're trying now. I'm, I'm sure there was a time when there was not a lot of support and there was a lot of issue. In fact I know I know for a fact that's the case. Um but they're trying. It's it's difficult to kind of reach out to everybody after every incident because like by the nature of our job, you're gonna deal with some horrible things, you're gonna see some horrible things and, and that's just kind of about being blasé that is part and parcel like you're not going to join the police and, and not ever expect to see a dead body or anything like that like it's going to happen mm. um, and yeah there certainly are within my force we have this kind of um, thing called trim which is something that kind of was passed down from the forces and it's like <sighs> I'll be honest it's not perfect it's not perfect but it's better than nothing Mm. I think it's it's good if if somebody wants to be open and wants to talk about it, then it's certainly a process that they can start engaging with. But it's not perfect and it's not easy. But yeah, there's, there's something um, for me after like you know after a terror attack. Obviously, I, I I was quite an easy person for them to think like we need to probably get around him and make sure things are all right. Yeah, and. I, so I got offered like a lot of different things a lot of kind of private things that wouldn't ordinarily be offered because it was an out of the ordinary situation mm. but at the same time I, I know of colleagues who weren't you know weren't as immediately involved as I was um, maybe turned up later and had to deal with you know certain casualties that maybe weren't deceased but you know yeah. I've seen nice things and it's going and it was a stress you know listen I was, I was out until that, the attack happened at like 10 o'clock and I was out at 3 o'clock in the morning but we're still evacuating people from the area yeah. so it was like no matter how you dress it up it was a stressful night yeah um, and there's colleagues you know there was a lot of colleagues by that point that were involved and I know a lot of them suffered with certain things and, and didn't get the same treatment I did mm-hmm. and it's difficult because like I say you, you you never know how that sort of thing's going to affect somebody so I could have been involved as I was and I could have potentially come out and been like no I'm alright and there could have been someone who was there for half an hour at the end 
who's really affected by it. So that's where I feel sorry for the job because it's, it's how do you, it's, it's difficult to just offer completely top-notch blanket kind of treatment for everybody. And also, certainly in that situation, there's a lot of people that, again, that's what I won't name him, but there was someone in particular, I know he didn't want to ask for more support initially. He got, he did in the end, but initially he didn't want to because he didn't feel like he, he should be. It's like, it's just, especially to me now and knowing what I know, it's like, it's mad that someone would think that. It's like, you can't, you can't sort of, <laughs> you can't rank it. It's like, if you feel shit, you feel shit and you, yeah, that's, that's, that's all right. You know, like, yeah. That's what I was interested in. That's what I was going to ask, actually. The fact mm. that even in our days, it's, it's gone way back from the 70s when I used to watch yeah. it. <laughs> but now, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, but um, it, it still has got that sort of, I can imagine, I don't know, but there is that still that macho type of thing about, you know, police officers. It's not, yeah, it's, it's not know. everywhere. No. It's not every, and like every, every station and every kind of, even teams, I guess, that, that kind of, um, I don't know that vibe on the team will, will be different yeah like, I, I've been really I I've, can honestly say I've been really lucky with my like my skippers and, and my governors as well and, and the teams I've been on that like because I think I've always been a pretty open book and like I've always been quite open to talking about things um, I think now I'm just a lot more ultra aware about mental health and, and talking about that but yeah, but yeah, I think it's definitely it's definitely better, and like I'm sure, you know, I don't, I can't immediately think of anything off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's a lot of places where yeah, all right, it's it's still not something you you can talk about, and and actually, if I'm being brutally honest as well, there's people that have contacted me on Twitter and you know social media and said like look, you know, they've got supervisors that they can't talk to or who who plays stuff down still so it's, it's not perfect it's, it's far from it still let's be honest but um, it's, it's going to be better than it was and it's just I don't know how you, you kind of catch the people that fall through the cracks there as well like I, I, I wish there was like an easy answer I wish there was something can it like again there's services now outside of the police that, that can help but it's it's going to take more time unfortunately it's mm. and it might at some stage have to get worse as well, but I think I think it's definitely going in the right direction at the moment anyway, for yeah. sure. It's similar to what I do and what I see with when I do my work with the homeless. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, you know it's you know it's a sort of a big problem. Mm. No straightforward. None, there's no, no one's going to come up with this magic solution that's going to cure no, exactly. it. And a similar thing with the police force. There's things and issues that are going to go on that are going to take a long time. It's mm. not. It's that unlearned behaviour, isn't it? You know, you, exactly. It's you can't if you've done if something's been going a certain way for twenty years, you don't do it. Clear it up in two months. You know, it's going to take exactly that. Yeah, to unlearn all that stuff. Um, and it's just the thing of, and it it wasn't even a negative really. The fact that. It's just the nature of the thing. It has to be a bit, you know, like, well, we, you know, we're guardians, we're custodians and mm. have to be strong. Yeah. There is the thing of what happens when you're feeling vulnerable and, and, and yeah. sometimes it must be hard um, yeah, yeah. in that, that position. There was something that really hit home with me, like kind of when, well, when, when things started to go a bit wrong with, <laughs> with me in my head, um, it was this thing about the uniform. And like, I can say without any shadow of doubt, and I'm not ashamed, like, you put the uniform on and you're acting like it is an act. Like, the amount of times 
like it's, it's just that sort of thing where like I will, in my uniform I will run and break up a fight out of my uniform I'll probably feel obliged to do something but it's not going to be me running in between a fight trying to pull people apart and whatnot. Like, it's just I'm not getting my head caved in and people do react to the acting it's like I still remember I remember being on the shift that it was, it was <laughs> I was at Wembley it was when I don't know if you're a football fan, but um, it was when Tottenham were playing at Wembley and they were playing Palettes. And then after the game, it was like, just a little bit, just a little bit of grief. It was nothing major. But like, I've, there was like these two or three, like, guys are older than me as well, <laughs> trying to get to these other fans. And I'm like, standing there, I'm just sort of shove them back on. And I think, I turn around, I was like, fucking grow up. And they, and they sort of listen and they sort of reacted to that. And it's like, and I remember thinking afterwards, if I had said that, in my civvies, I'm standing there just in jeans and a t-shirt, pushing these blokes saying, fucking car, they, they're going to go for me. But people do react to the uniform, like they, like, generally, I know there's a lot of people that don't like the police and don't respect the police, and I'm sure some of them have got purely justified reasons for that as well, but, um, it's, a, it's an act, and, yeah, like, I, I still remember when I sort of first started getting back into the swing of things, like, I had, with work, you know, post-attack, um, it was, I really, I didn't feel, I couldn't, I couldn't put the act on. I didn't feel, I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel like I could, I don't know. I just didn't feel like I could carry it. It was a really, really, really weird feeling. And it took me a little while to even put my finger on it. Um, I just didn't, I just didn't feel right. And I like one thing, especially where I used to work when I was at London Bridge, you have a lot of like public interaction, people just talking and it's fine. And to be, Brutally honest as well, that's like probably my best attribute in the job so I can talk to people. But I just, I couldn't even do that. Like I just didn't, I didn't feel like I could talk to people. I didn't feel like I could do anything. It was really, it's really weird. And it's again, looking back now with hindsight, like, and I didn't really think anything was wrong with me. I was noticing all these little things, but I didn't think it was a, I, just, I don't know. I just thought, oh, it's normal. You've been through a shit time. Like, don't worry about it. And that was kind of how I brushed it off, to be honest. Mm. It's um, it, it's that thing, isn't it? Of um, it's 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 PTSD, isn't it? That's the yeah. It's post-traumatic stress disorder, and it it, it comes in many forms. I I had a previous guest, which is a really good friend of mine. I've known her for many years, uh, but she was in the um, in the London train bombings. Oh, okay, she was actually on the carriage, you know, right. where, and um, her reaction was that she won't mind me saying because she's been on the podcast and. Yeah. Uh, she, it took her many years, actually, before she'd even speak about it. Right. She literally came out of the station, and if they were stopping people, you're all right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. She managed to sort of just swerve everyone, and she just went on, got on a bus and went home. <laughs> just literally went home. You know, yeah. it was like, and that had a real profound effect on her, because it then came out, as we said earlier, it then came mm. out later, because she just sort of brushed all that off. And yeah. it's such a power that, that, that the mental stress that can bring on. It, it, mm. it, the thing is with mental stress, people can't see it. I mean, I've, I've, I've had yeah. stuff myself. Yeah. Uh, and for people who don't have it, it's very difficult for them to understand it. But yeah, absolutely. Physical reactions. Yeah, so yeah. The mental brings about physical. You know, if, you be, if you're reliving something and, and it comes in and it's often in the middle of the night or something, mm. you know, you, 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 your mind creates panic and fear. Mm. But the body reacts to that by dumping serious amounts of 
yeah. adrenaline, hydrocortisone, your blood, your, your, your blood pressure raises and all those things. It becomes a physical manifestation. Yeah. It makes you ill. You know, yeah. It's tiring. You know. <laughs> I left a lot of weight after it and it wasn't, yeah. you know, I was, I was kind of all right with that, but it's not a healthy way of doing it. No. At all. Yeah. Um, and it's, like I say, it's not, it's not ever something, it's not something that's gone away now either. Like I still, I still have mad loads and, Mm. Yeah, this pandemic has certainly drawn some of them out again. But yeah, of yeah. course, because yeah. you've got you've got people um, in, in extraordinary circumstances. You know, these are these unlived times, and uh, we and we all like to put on a brave. We were saying earlier, we all like to put on this brave face. And yeah, absolutely, was it? But I struggle as much as everyone else, and yeah. it seems that everything that hits me at the moment is hitting me twice as hard. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know. Mm. And and then in your job it must be difficult at the moment because people's tempers are frayed. <laughs> <laughs> there's less people out and about, which is the good thing. Um, like there are genuinely there's a this it's, it's I don't want to say the Q word because that's you know that's how we jinx it, but it's a little bit <laughs> slower. <laughs> shall we say there's, there's less calls coming in so, that way. It's not there, but it's yeah. There's there's less calls coming in. Yeah. Um, but then again, that in a weird way, like, like I love, I really love my job, and I like, I like, I like to go out and do stuff. And when it's a little bit slower, like, it can be a bit of a struggle because like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be lazy. Like, I don't go to work to not do anything. I don't go to work to just, yeah. I don't, I don't like, I don't like the admin side of things. I don't, I, don't, I, I want a reason to not do my admin. Um, yeah. And yeah, this is kind of not helping that at all. Like, I, I have to. Yeah, do that. So I, I, I suppose the job satisfaction isn't what it has been and, and could be and will, probably will be again. But it's uh, yeah, um, I, I, like again, like we said earlier, like I feel lucky that I'm still able to go out and do something, and I've got that that purpose to get up and certain days when maybe I wouldn't want to. Um, so yeah, I, I I can't really grumble too much as much as I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, so how does it affect going forward you know like is it is it a matter of um, does the do the police need to put more stuff in place for this type of thing or should there be as you said it could you know could it be outside help is it all down to the police should there be outside stuff oh god yeah um, I don't know I mean it's, it's why I think like organisations like PTSD 999, I think, are really good. And, and it's like to be fair, there are, or there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, there's a there's um, a blue light kind of service with Mind as well um, that I know I spoke to when I was really bad before. Like there are places where people can get help. I don't know, I don't know how you can signpost it better as well. Um, I don't know. It's it's really tough. Like for for me, I just try to the reason I do stuff like this as well is to try and talk about like my experiences and what I went through to try and ugh, encourage other people. Cause I like brutally honest, I made loads of mistakes and to be fair, I still don't get it right all the time. Like with regards to my mental health, but I, I made a lot of mistakes initially because I didn't think anything was particularly wrong with me. I, I kind of just did a little bit of brush it aside and was like, and this, I looked at it as like it's normal to feel a bit crap after what you've been through, like just get on with it. Um, 
and that led to me completely ripping my life apart. Get like you know, lost my wife, lost my house. Like my little boy's lives with his mum. Like just horrible shit like that. And I, I don't want other people to kind of have to go through that. I'm not going to say, I, you know, there's no guarantee that my marriage would have survived. I don't know, but yeah, I, I just, I didn't even, put, I, I didn't even put up a fight. Like I really didn't. I just was like. It's, it was a really selfish thing as well. Like, it's really, really selfish. Um, and so that's, like, my main thing. It's just, to, like, it doesn't... It, it's not always something that might even happen at work that is what kind of tips you over the edge. Like, it, it could be it could be something really... I don't want to say minor, but it could be something that you perceive to be quite minor. Hmm. But just is the thing that tips you over the edge. And there's a guy who, um, who I'm mates with now, again, who... I ended up getting in contact with because he was having a bit of a hard time. And um, I remember the way he described like how he had felt. He was like, in our job, things can chip away at you a little bit. You know, you've got that armour on them. Things will chip away. And then, it, you know, it could eventually be the smallest thing that is what gets through and, and kind of sets you off on that, that bad slope. And I just think it's about trying to recognise in yourself as well and being honest with yourself because, like, I know... I, I just wasn't really honest with myself and I spoke to the people I did eventually speak to and open up to were people that probably didn't know me well enough to know oh that's not that's not you like that's not right and to probably put me back on a bit of the right path and it's, it's no criticism to them because there's some of them are really good mates now as well but yeah I think um it's about just being aware in yourself and I don't know, like I say, for the police, I don't know how you can do that for everyone. Like, I really, really don't. It, it, they, they try, like I say, I know within my force we have this, whenever you deal with anything really sort of traumatic, so like fatalities and stuff like that, um, you automatically will get this email from Trim. <laughs> I guess the problem is as well with that, it's not very personal. It's, uh, you know... 20, 30 names on a list and hi, you were involved in this instant on Glad Day and yeah. you know, I, I it's not perfect. It's better than nothing. It is better than nothing. Yeah. But I just think the issue with that is that's only gonna work if you are a person who is ready to be really honest and go, oh, I'm having a shit time. If you're not what's what's happening afterwards, then you're hoping that you've got kind of supervisors and that are, are good and know you well enough that they can kind of go what's up like again I'm I mean work where I work everybody kind of knows what I'm like anyway so my skippers know I, I feel like I'm quite <laughs> a bit of an open book like it's obvious when I'm not in a great place and <laughs> I don't hide it very well which is <laughs> probably a good thing not uh, I'm sure it doesn't always make people happy but there's normally a bit of a sign but um yeah thankfully I'm not that bad too often but um yeah like I said I'm not I'm, I'm lucky Again, I'm sure that I know there's other places where people work where their supervisors wouldn't be as a approachable or be kind of yeah. aware. Um, and so then you've got your colleagues as well. You, you, you like the teams that you're on. You you hope that you're close enough with your teammates that they'll notice you saying up and you know we work together every day. And it's it's a tough one. I really don't know what the answer is. Bar bar kind of really highlighting where you can get help and support. I, I I don't know what the answer is to be honest. Yeah, uh, it's, I get I get things thrown at me all the time about 
homelessness. You know, just yeah, I bet. Be the guy. And I've got, You're the guru. You are the, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've got loads of questions. When we finish, I'm, I'm going to, yeah. <laughs> Having said that, the same as you, I've got no answers. Mm. I've got, I just see it getting worse and worse. You know, and the, and the pandemic and then the, now, yeah. the upcoming economic crisis that we're going to yeah. hit with is going to just increase that. You know, people are going to lose their homes and everything. Um, it's frightening how easily it can happen. And I think, yeah. I feel like people could be a little bit naive. You know, we can all kind of live in our little comfortable bubble and not really realise how easily it can change and go wrong. And but yeah. You said it. You said that you lost your, you know, lost your wife, lost your home. Mm. And with that thing, um, you then, probably your saving grace was your job. Uh, yeah, massively. It kept I threw myself into it. And it, yeah. 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 And, yeah. and <laughs> someone hasn't got that. Yeah. And they then quickly go the, the obvious alternate route, which is like hiding it, you know, or, mm. or burying that pain. Mm drink or drugs or something else it all then goes and before they know it they're in that pit and they can't get and they reckon exactly yeah it's on the street you're not getting off the street you know that's probably you know people have done these studies in in manchester and it it makes sense because it don't take long for the 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 the, the unusual to become the normal you know yeah um and and you did i've got to remember you did say something there about being selfish oh yeah um and it, I, I'm, I'm with you on it, but it, it, when you're in that depth of depression and the depth of mm. stuff going on, um, you become self-obsessed, um, which isn't. I know it. I know it is selfish, but I think my experience of it. Uh, I must feel uncomfortable because I'm tidying things up. On me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, um, but you know, when I've had it, I'm so at that point. I, I feel so punch drunk. Mm. I've got no room for anything else. No, I know. You know, that's the challenge, isn't it? That that you're so, you feel like you've been on the floor and you've been kicked and kicked. Exactly. And the the, the people that can cure you, the people Mm. that give you the love, are the ones you drive away, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's just shit. Like, I, I regret, I regret how that kind of, everything played out like I, I, I know I got I just, it was just such a weird time like it because it I just I did, again I didn't know anything was wrong I hadn't with again now looking back with hindsight I think there probably were other points in my life where it was like oh, okay that wasn't that was a bit of something like um, going back even a few years before that I had I had knee surgery because I'd ruptured my um, cruciate ligament and that came at a time when I'd been training for a marathon, I was playing football so regularly. And then, um, like, post-surgery, I couldn't walk for six weeks. Like, literally had to be on crutches for six weeks. And it was... I got, I remember... I still, <laughs> it's an embarrassing story. But I'm going to tell it. I remember, because of all the medication and painkillers I was on, I couldn't, I couldn't go to the toilet. I just couldn't. Like, yeah, no. I just could not go. <laughs> and I remember, I wanted, there was one day... I was just sat on the toilet and I just, I just started crying. I was just a mess. And like, again, you look back at it and I know it was kind of a, almost a circumstantial sort of thing, but it's like, I got really low then and I didn't think anything of it. It's only with hindsight when you look back and think, if I've been through anything, you'd be like, yeah, that was, that was something. Like, all right, it wasn't, you know, we dealt with it and it was all right and it was never going to be a kind of permanent thing. But yeah, it was, it was really, really tough time. And 
it's just uh, I, I I'm glad now I know if again yeah if nothing if nothing else positive has come from like what happened that night like I am ultra aware of like what goes through my head and ultra aware of kind of what I should be doing and trying to you know like exercising again I'm kind of skipping backwards and forwards but I remember like when I when I first started um counseling like post attacks that was a couple of months afterwards first counselor I had was shit like oh not shit no that's not that's not fair but it didn't work it didn't work yeah. that her methods weren't because there's so many different ways of doing counseling therapy the methods that she was um <laughs> putting out it wasn't it wasn't working for me yeah um and then the second one i had was was good and i, I still remember like it's probably the second time we met and we've kind of i was always really honest with counselors and therapists because there's no point in sitting there and clamming up or anything but i remember she said to me like, oh what do you do for a hobby like what do you do for fun it's like and it just hit me like i was doing nothing that i enjoyed and i and it, i it still shocks me now that i didn't even realize but i honestly i was doing nothing that i really got enjoyment out of yeah. um and she was like yeah you like <laughs> do stuff that you like doing so and it's so obvious i was like yeah that makes sense and it kind of it got me back into exercise and it got me back to kind of doing that stuff because that's again doing going for a run is where you let a lot of that kind of stress out yeah and just because i wasn't doing that and that kind of again that goes back to when i had my knee injury I, all those things i was doing to just let any stress or whatever it be anger out like suddenly i, I, I literally couldn't do at all so um yeah she 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 was really helpful to be fair what she wasn't the kind of the be all and end all in the end i had another therapist who was great and yeah. seems to have touch with sorted me out a little bit more um it's still it's an ongoing thing but um but yeah like that really stuck in my head so now i know whenever i start to feel when when things are going on it's like right i need to even if it's that like i don't want to get out of bed so i need to get out of bed i need to even, and even if i don't go for a run even just go for a walk so yeah do something because it will make me it will make you feel better and yeah that's what i mean i, I learned I learned a lot from going through the the real bad time. Like I, I've learned a lot from that that is invaluable now, especially in this mad time we're in. Like, yeah, it's it's helped me through it. Thankfully, yeah. I mean, I, I a few years ago, I had me a, I had a knee surgery, knee replacement. So oh. I, felt, I felt your pain about the painkillers and the effects. Oh my god! Something crazy as well. That something so. You know the, the the essentials in life becomes yeah. so important when you haven't got them. You know, yeah. like in fact, not being out of guard and alert. It's like, and you little when you said I'll sit on there, I was far. I felt your pain, my friend, because I, <laughs> I'm not, I don't think I've told that story. So I'm, I'm a bit cringy now, but but no, oh, my, it's, 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 it's the simple thing of like um, being, you know, like. <laughs> Not knowing what to do, <laughs> it was mad, and I was trying. I was, I was trying to take other tablets. So just like, oh, just yeah, yeah. Red is out. Oh, it was mad. But it's, again, because I was on crutches, and I, they, I remember they were like, "You, you cannot wait there on that knee for for six weeks." And so I can remember at one point, like I couldn't. You just want to go for like a, I couldn't go on my crutches for more than ten minutes, like just because they're not. I love it when you've got a mate that's on crutches. You're like, oh yeah, let's have a go. But when it's you, you're like, this is yeah. it's a nightmare. They're just they're shit. They're not comfortable. 
Yeah. Like, I had massive arms by the end, but like it just it's not that sounds wrong as well, like from the crutches, honestly. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like lots of time. <laughs> yeah, well exactly, you know. Netflix wasn't really around then. But, <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, it was just it was just it was an, it was it was crap, but yeah. It, yeah, I, I didn't didn't think anything of it. Didn't didn't know, and it yeah, it took it took for it to get a bit worse before. Uh, well, like I say, if yeah, if nothing positive come from that kind of night, at least um, yeah, I've learned a lot about myself and and kind of how to look after myself. I guess to some extent, I think the the the, the key is is um, awareness, isn't it? Yeah, the key is awareness, and the the next biggest thing is action. Yeah. You know? Like, if you're in that pit, you've got to climb out of it. Mm. But yeah, I, I sort of have this thing where I don't, I don't trust positive people. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, in my job, I don't trust it anyway. It's fine. <laughs> right. I do not, you know, this thing of, you know, every day's a worth perfect day and, you know, PMA yeah. is great. You do have to have that. But mm. I've always got this thing, I think we're like pressure cookers. I mean, sometimes yeah, yeah. you need to let that off. And definitely. sometimes you have to allow yourself to have a shit day. You know, a, yeah, day, a dark day, a black day, whatever you want to call it. But I sort of like acknowledge it, but I say, right, this isn't going into tomorrow. You know, yeah. hopefully this isn't going into this afternoon. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's one of them things that, that swells, you know, right, and gets worse. Yeah. I kept hearing there was a um, one of there was a this the Met skipper that was was killed in custody. I've got a friend who knows him quite well, and he kept saying this quote of like a bad day only lasts twenty four hours, and that resonated. Like, don't get me wrong, I, I appreciate it as well. I I can get in the holes, so they they last more than twenty four hours. Then, but I like I like trying to kind of keep that in your head, like you say. Of, it could be a bad day, but then like go to bed and just try and start again and start a new and I yeah like like I said, like, I, I I get I get things wrong still I still I still have mad lows I really do um, yeah. but at least now I'm better at kind of handling it than than I was kind of yeah four years ago because um, it's, it's 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 hard it's really it's really difficult. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish this on anyone. Um, and it's an ongoing thing. Like I'm, I'm under no, I, 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 my, my mum, um, was an alcoholic. And I remember when I was younger, when she, like she, she used to go into rehab and relapse. She relapsed so many times, like, yeah. and, um, fair play to her. She's been off the booze for years now she's doing, she's doing really really well so probably about weirdly probably about four years not long after kind of what I've been through not that I think that was the trigger for her but um, but yeah she's doing really well and I remember she told me like you're never not an alcoholic you're a recovering alcoholic and in a weird way that's how I look at my mental health now it's like I'm not <laughs> I'm not normal anymore but no I don't mean like that but it's like it's, it's an ongoing thing like I'm never I don't want to put a kind of dark bleak thing on it but it's like I'm never going to be okay it's something I have to yeah. be aware of and it's because I know the second I, I, I well I think the second I just ignore it and think I'm fine it's going to hurt when it bites me on the arse quite frankly so it's something I, I'm, again honestly I get it wrong I don't keep on top of it as much as I should but I'm aware and that's 
that's what other people need to be, especially if you haven't, you know, had anything diagnosed or had any real treatment. That's where you need to be aware of it because it's like, honestly, everyone should have therapy. Everyone should go and do these things because it's, it's, it's good for you. It really is. Like, it's a good thing. And even if you don't need therapy continuously, you, you, you like, for me, I've I got a lot of techniques and things I learned that I can do at home and yeah. just kind of, yeah, try and get my head straight with yeah but it's it's not easy it's not easy at all it it's it's simple but it's not mm. this is the mm. thing, you know and we because the thing is like you said about your mum i'm an alcoholic i yeah. i am 15 years sober yeah. uh, next month Good work um and it like it the, the thing is so much the same it, like the first step is acceptance mm. you just said there is accepting the fact that you probably aren't going to be the same for the rest of your life. But mm. then it's that day by day, you know, one day at a time is building and learning, yeah. and growing and that. And it's the same as recovering. Your mum would be fine. Yeah. This and, and, and I found it that, you know, a couple of years in, you think you're at a certain point. Yeah. A couple of years after that, you think, cool, a couple of years ago, I was fucking mad. it's true actually yeah Yeah. and I think you know five years in I think I remember what I was like five years in and then I got to ten years sober and I thought fucking five years ago I was completely nuts and I'm going to say that next year back this year and it's that ongoing it's it's never you're never going to reach there but Mm. the essence is is to day by day learn because you go back a step, you have to go yeah. back a step, and you, you, you know, even the big. I've had so many really bad things happen recently, mm. but I'm learning. Even then, I'm learning again because I've got yeah. to the point where I thought I was a certain way. Yeah, same, I'm, mate. Same. That ain't me. No, no, I'm not. No. I, I'm not as strong as I thought I was. Mate. I, you know, I've, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I. I'm not as resilient as I thought I was. I'm more vulnerable than I realised I was. All of these yeah. things are coming. So each time these things come along, but the great thing is, I ain't drunk. Mm. I ain't run away from it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm and I'm I'm growing stronger every day again. And that, this yeah. is the thing, isn't it? That, yeah. That, you've, you've hit the nail on the head with that. Like it's like, <laughs> and I'm I'm sure that like you say, like we said at the start as well. There's, there's a lot of people that are probably kind of going through a similar thing and, and figuring out things about themselves like, oh god yeah like maybe I'm not quite as, as tough but it's yeah absolutely bang on bang on but I was going to say um, do you know do you know Nick um, who does the Mouth of Man in this podcast yeah I've been on yeah it. yeah, yeah I, I spoke to him I remember when we was, when we were talking about that and I, I, I said to him about that um, like my mum thing then and he was saying there's quite a lot of kind of similarities apparently between the 12 steps and I remember saying yeah I'll go back and look and I definitely I thought no I did look I did I did at the time but yeah apparently there's kind of a lot on the, the whole 12 step program thing um, yeah. there's a lot of crossover he said that kind of makes sense when you when you apply it to like mental health as well so that was um, that was again something that just seemed to tie in with, with kind of with that because I guess addiction as well addiction is it is a mental it's a mental health thing it's not um yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy. But yeah, it's a physical thing, you know. Yeah, it, it would be easier to deal with. Exactly. The trouble is, it's a it's a threefold illness. So you've got like yeah. physical reaction yeah. with alcohol. You know, like yeah. 
it don't affect me how it does even like my sister, you know, yeah. like, with, with from the same parents. But yeah. you know, she hasn't got that thing in her that, that affects mm. her like me. She'll yeah. sleep with gin and tonic all night and then still leave a bit of it. <laughs> and that That's nuts, to be fair. Confuses the hell out of <laughs> Don't trust her. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, like, it's, there's that stuff. Also, the, it's the physical, obs- the, the, sorry, the mental obsession. Mm. Because if you, you know, if I, if I had an allergic reaction to seafood, Mm. I would not keep thinking, maybe I'll try a little prawn cocktail, see if I get another one. Yeah. You know, it's irrational. <laughs> it's the irrational obsession. Yeah. And you ain't, if, you, if, if you're not drinking, you're thinking about it. And, you know, yeah. to this day, my daughter was 21 uh, at the weekend. And um, they had cocktails. Yeah. And I used to love cocktails. And I still had this uneasy feeling uh, and I made myself a uh, ginger beer and lime and lemonade, I think. Because <laughs> I, I that sounds delicious. <laughs> I couldn't, I had to have something, you know. And it's yeah, a, yeah, of course, of course. Thing, even after all that time, you know, it, yeah. it's such strong. But I had 44 years of thinking like that. Yeah. And now I've had 15 years of, of this one. Yeah, exactly. I'm number. What we said earlier, isn't it? I'm still yeah. numbered in my old way of thinking. Definitely, definitely. And, and Get sorted out in 44 days. My mum now, yeah, if we have, well, when we could go out, she still had the, it would be the, the, the non-alcoholic cocktails. And she's always like, oh yeah, it's, it's like, you kind of just replace it alcohol with a shit ton of sugar there, but you know, yeah. it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> she's quite active, so it's all right, but yeah, yeah. I, I much prefer this version of her, to be fair, so uh, I'm not, I'm not knocking it. Of course. It does make me laugh, it does make me, yeah, she's, she's, she's didn't, like, it's crazy as well, because it was like all of my, all of my life, basically, that was how I knew her. And it's yeah. been, it's been, oh, it's, yeah, it's really nice. I feel like we're closer now than we've been as well. So, yeah, thanks for that. She's, she's, she's absolutely smashed it. Yeah. And it, 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 the thing is, it, it's, it's, I mean, I've got, I've got, I've got five children. I've got four grandchildren. So yeah. I didn't save my life. I saved yeah. all of those lives. Yeah. Because the effect it has. Mm doesn't end their life but it really adversely affects it you know and, and when you heal the, the healing ripples yeah flow out. It's, such a, it's such an odd thing though because like I've always like I've not I've not had like the perfect life I don't think I had a, a terrible time but like you know growing up in that situation it's, it's not what I would imagine would look at as ideal but then I still that's because I'm really weird but like I don't I don't think I would change much because it I don't think I'm a bad person. I think I like I knew right and wrong, um, and I just think like yeah, like I, I'm pro- probably more for my mum's sake. I, if I could take that, you know, what she had to go through with it all, then I would. But like for my sake, in a weird way, like I don't know. I I, <laughs> I came out all right. Like I, I think touch wood. He says definitely with mental health issues, but you know. Um, but like you know, like, like even even before I knew this, like I was on, I, you know, I was I was all right. I was doing the right job. I was kind of setting myself up okay. So like, it's it's a really odd one. Like I know, I remember it was probably a couple of years ago now. But she did sort of go like a, a, she apologised, and uh, it was really odd because I was like, you, you kind of don't need to like, and I appreciate why she felt she needed to. But it's like you kind of don't need to because. I'm all right. Like it wasn't, it wasn't much fun. I'll be honest. But again, it's that thing of there's, there's 
people in far worse situations than I was as a kid and far, far worse situations than I am now as an adult as well. So yeah. it's like, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> and I think my family's probably got a bit of a problem with us all not really talking probably enough about stuff. But yeah, yeah, she's, uh, yeah, it was, it was a weird one, that. Yeah, well, it, it, it's, that's part of the healing process. That's what, mm. that's what we have to do. It's part of what we have to yeah. do. And, and yeah. sometimes it's a bit bewildering to some of the people close to us. But mm. we have to get that stuff done because we, yeah. we have to break ourselves down. We're like a wall. We have to knock our wall down. Yeah. You have to rebuild it. Yeah, no, that you makes sense. You can do it because otherwise a lot of that other stuff, you know, like if we only knock the top half of the wall down, the bottom's going to, you know, it's going to be damp. It's going to spread. So we it's, really it's funny you say that as well because like... That was kind of when when I was having my really crap time. That was kind of one of the things that was sticking in my head. It was like I need to, whether it was right or wrong, it's like I need. I felt like I needed to get rid of everything and have that fresh start. And it, it was weird as well because it took so long. There was a while where I was almost felt like I was in this limbo between like getting started again and like getting away from what I used to have. And uh, yeah kind of before the pandemic came along it literally felt like I was starting to build that wall again because I was supposed to be moving and doing all these things and blah blah then this come along it's like back in limbo and I think that's on a personal note that's why it's been so hard for me it's just like taking me back a little bit to that kind of I don't know a bit of a dark place and a bit of a where where am I going what am I doing like it's yeah but it's just that I'm like I, yeah I, I remember going back before it, it was that kind of taking things apart and that was still part of the recovery, but it was like, yeah, that, that kind of makes sense again. And I think it's crucial. What you're doing is crucial because us talking, yeah, as you say, it reaches people. Mm. You know, me, I, I don't, I try not to be the guy who bangs on about being in recovery. Mm. Having said that, I think that we have a duty or no, not we, that's not, I'm not, that's none of my business. I have a duty. Mm. To, for myself is to say that it's I can do it. It's mm. doable, you know. Like I'm, you know, if, if people were not only betting on me not be ever becoming sober, were betting on whether I'd even live. You know? Yeah, it would. Yeah. So like to the point where it, it, it shocks people. With if yeah. not, you know, it shocks them that I am who I am now, and that's yeah. because it means that the the, the person in the you know the most dire position has got hope yeah for you you know people in the services like hear your story that a it's 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 okay to be vulnerable to this stuff Mm. b you can get through it and move on you know yeah yeah that's that's kind of it's really weird as well like i remember uh, i don't know why i was thinking about this the other day it was kind of a recent thing it's like what i just been thinking like i've i that's almost what i'd want to be known for more than then as this police officer from, you know, the whole terror attack thing, it's like I'd, I'd rather be known for trying to kind of, <laughs> don't know, be a, just be a voice, be a positive thing around mental health and certainly in in, in the blue light industry, industry, no, that's not it, in the blue light services, like, yeah, um, yeah like, I, that's that's why I, I love doing, I love having these conversations and I, and I always think as well, it's, it's going to reach different people at different times. I'm sure there's loads of people that have heard me way too many times and probably really bored now, but yeah, 
I can't, I don't know, like, like I never, I, I don't feel like I could ever say no to it. And like, I always feel like it's quite a cathartic thing for me anyway to talk about it. Like, it's just, I, I've, I've got no issue talk about what I've been through and there's times when I go into more deep, like it never seems to go down the same path anyway. It kind of all goes off in different areas. So yeah, yeah I, I think it's, uh, I think it's an important thing to do. Like, and as long as, if, if someone wants to talk to me, if someone wants to hear it, then I, I like, I'll always say yes. I'm always open to it. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's crucial. We've got, you know, we've, as you say, we've got our blue light services, we've got the police, the firefighters and the nurses, you know, that, yeah. that have, have really come forwards in this last year or so. Um, and also, our you know, our ex yeah. are, 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 yeah. you know, are coming. I, I, on the streets, I meet so many ex-servicemen. Yeah. Up with other charities that, um, that help ex-servicemen because yeah. it, particularly for them, there's not a lot that they get afterwards. No, I've kind of got that from when uh, when I've been at work and you kind of, yeah, come across homeless people and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I, I, I don't know, <clears throat> I don't know enough about kind of what happens once you're out, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fucked up. Like, there's, it's, it's mad. It is really mad. Like, it's, how, how is it like this? How, how, like, with our, I know the economy's shit at the moment, but how in, a nation this kind of relatively well off is it is it like this bad it's, it's mad to me yeah but there are people that are willing to step up you know there are people I've come across so many people in that seven years this year I've been doing this and mm. I've come across so many other organisations and people it's yeah. helping people because you yeah. aren't always going to they're not <laughs> let's not talk about them but we won't go about that. You know, it's is as it is, you know, and, and, and yeah, there's things that aren't being done, but people are stepping in. Yeah. Uh, and most of the help I've found with other things are just people helping people. Um, right. but that's the hope, you know, yeah. there'll always be people who will step yeah. up, uh, but, you know, other people should. Um, yeah, what we'll do, uh, we'll, we'll add all the links to this as well, you know, yeah. to the, you know, was it PTSD 999? Yeah, PTSD 999. There's another, there's another one I wanted to mention as well, which is like My Black Dog, who I can't even remember. I think it was through Nick, actually, that I, like, I found a lot. Like, I think they're brilliant as well, because yeah. that's people with that past experience. And it's like we say, I think, I think, I, I wish I had more time because then I would try and do more volunteering for him. I've spoken to Nicky, who, um, who kind of runs it and, I'd love to do more for them because I think it's it is so important when you're talking to somebody who's got that benefit of hindsight and yeah. you're saying something and they're like, yeah, yeah, like that is, it's not to say, you know, mind, calm, all these other things aren't great, but when like specifically having someone who has been in your position, I think it's, it's, it makes a massive difference when you're talking to them and obviously, yeah, I want to shout them out because I know I spoke to Nicky not that long ago and they are like really, really busy, and it's it's really sad. Like it is, it's sad that they're busy. Like yes. it's, it, I remember when she was telling me it's it's game, but it's not a surprise, unfortunately. Yeah, and that's a, and that's what I, I it, it comes across to me all the time that you know yeah. is rushing around, uh, and unfortunately, you ain't gonna get any better. But we just no. keep plugging away, and the more people. Yeah. And the more we can just bring uh, notice to, to, to services like that, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, and so I'm up for anything like that, and I'll do it again. Yeah. Well, but yeah, exactly. So, Leon, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, I'll hopefully uh, we'll, we'll we'll finally be able to have a coffee soon. Hopefully, I know. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Um, yeah, I noticed. I noticed that yesterday that Mike Mike comes yeah. here. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But uh yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Hope Hope. See you very soon. Yeah, man, definitely. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Take care, buddy. Cheers. Just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. This is more than a job, this is a calling.